Today on Melanated Conversations, we amplify the voice of Rachelle Solomon, the money mompreneur. Rochelle is an author, speaker, and podcast host passionate about equipping parents with the resources to promote sound money management practices with their children. In today's chat, Rochelle shares her own personal financial story and how that became the catalyst for her financial literacy brand, My Little Banker. She shares why it's so important to teach money concepts to children and offers up practical tips to apply and incorporate with your own child. Listen in to our conversation today with Rochelle Solomon of My Little Banker and host of Podcast Kids. Welcome to Melanated Conversations, our narrative and our perspective. Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of Black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tyrion. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. All right, welcome to the show. We have Rachel on the show with us. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I appreciate being here. Yes. I'm excited to talk to you about all the great things that you're doing, particularly on the topic of finances and how we can teach our children. So before we actually go into that and, you know, more about your brand and what you have going on, Terry and I want to kickstart things with a round of rapid fire questions. Pew, pew. <laughs> and we'll answer these as well. Of course, we don't want you to feel like we're um, leaving you hanging here. Right. So Terry and I will actually answer these questions too. So Terry, you want to kickstart with our first question? Yeah, Yana, let's go. Okay, so Rachelle, first question for you. Name one of your favorite TV shows growing up. Oh my God, growing up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why you put me on the spot like this? <laughs> Sorry, that's all right. We're gonna answer these two. So you're not you're not it's, you're not alone. Yeah, I'm old. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's true. I'm, I feel like TV was good back 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 in the day. Yeah. Back then. yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking no, about this too. This is a little hard question. There wasn't a line really of oh my god, I can't watch that. <laughs> so oh goodness. I guess Honestly, I would still have to say like cartoons okay. um, because I think I watched cartoons until I was like 20. And then I know that that doesn't like name one in particular, but they were all so good. Like I love the Looney Tunes. Like, I don't know, Scooby-Doo. I know that it's just so <laughs> random, but <laughs> it's so true. And now like I have an excuse because now I have kids so I can watch them again. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, the cartoons back then were so much better. Then I think they are now. For sure. So. Okay, cartoon head. I wasn't even thinking about I cartoons. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. <laughs> oh, gosh. So that show is where my life Although cartoons were like... They were lit You know, Disney is like what kids watch now, but Nickelodeon was doing this thing oh, when we were kids. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. our show. Um, that was our hey network. Arnold. I loved Hey Arnold. Yes. 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 I also feel like all that, Nickelodeon all that. also kind of pressed the button too with cartoons, like with yeah. Rocco's Modern yeah. Life and... Like they were kind of pushing, yeah, yeah, yeah. They the pushed button, the envelope, a little the envelope bit there. yeah. But 
my pick, actually, I was just going to go. <laughs> I don't know why Girlfriends is always like at the top of my Were my you list. watching that as a kid? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fine kid. I was still in my mama's house. Were you really in, when Girlfriends was on? At the start of it, yes. I didn't realize Girlfriends that. Girlfriends was, was, was on for a, a, had a little run. I know, but I, I guess oh, I didn't really. say kid. Okay, I was in my teen years, but I feel like when you are officially outside paying for your own things. Living on your own, yeah. you're still a kid in your mother's No, life. I agree. I agree. So, okay. That's so in your mind. I'm still, <laughs> I'm you were still a kid. Okay. Okay. So you're going with girlfriends. <laughs> oh my God. I guess so. Man, these are some random answers. Okay. <laughs> you gave us this random <laughs> question. Okay. I'm just trying you to say random what so y'all random like questions. to watch as kids. Girlfriends? Well, you should have defined the age of kids. That's all oh, I'm saying. Lord. But go and give your answer no, so we can move you on. You be thinking hard. You okay. be thinking extra okay. hard. Um, I don't have a specific show, but I'm gonna say anything that came on TGIF. That yes, whole lineup, that, yeah, that, 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 that was whole a lineup. lineup. Family, Family matters, matter, yeah. step by step. Yeah, step all of those. Step. Yeah, day by day. Binge watch. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to because you could just binge watch. You didn't have to change yeah. the channel. Exactly. Yeah, it exactly. Was, yeah, Fridays actually were cool they back were, in the day. They now, Friday, they, they weren't really. Put good programming on Friday nights no, now. No, they really don't. I, I have another one, though. But probably one show that I, I really did like to watch as a, as a kid, kid, like 8, 9, 10, 11, was uh, on Disney Channel. Um, the Mickey Mouse uh, Club. The Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse Club. Club. Oh, yeah. No, not the Clubhouse. Just the uh, Mickey yeah. Mouse Club. Oh, Mickey Mouse Club. Yes. Yeah. Mickey Mouse Club. That's oh, you were as a kid. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. that's yes. when all the start, like, Justin, Justin Timberlake and Brittany. Yeah. yeah all yeah. them were. Super celebrities. Exactly. Exactly. That's my pick. Okay. All right. That's cool. That was a cool That was a nice little. Random question It was you. very. You, well, I'm random. Then you have rules for it. You know I'm random. So if you could choose um, a subject that should be taught in schools, but isn't, what would that be? Uh, yeah, that's easy. The topic I teach. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Personal finance for kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. I, we, I agree. I agree with you on that. Yes, definitely need more of that. Um, for kids, adolescents, young adults, mm, adults, older adults, I think it's just something that yeah, that you can never stop learning. Mm. Um, in the area of finance, yeah. and that should be taught at an early age. Absolutely. So yeah, um, I agree. I would say that too. We used to have like life skill type courses mm-hmm. when we were in school. Yeah, I feel like they should bring those back because mm-hmm. well. Um, it- and- Instead, they still teach life skills. Um, but yeah, I think in gen ed, they should teach life skills because my my goodness. I mean, you know, the simple things. Oh. Right. You know? I mean, it make it look, look right. a little different than what it did before. But I don't know. It's... I mean, I feel like because there are people that I knew by the time I got to college that did not know how to wash their clothes. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like their parents did that stuff for them literally up until they graduated wow. high school. And it's like, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Like th- that's simple stuff, but, and not even saying that that's necessarily something that should be taught in school, but you know what I'm saying? And I'm not even just talking, just that's, that's essential too. But I guess what I'm saying, it, it could look a little different this time around. So maybe, and it plays into kind of. Again, with finances, so budgeting, yeah, how to even, you know, from someone who was in the space of HR, it's so many adults that did not know how to write a resume or how to 
not just well, not even just a resume, but like how to complete like a W four form. Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah. You know their tax. So yes, yeah, you're right. Like it, but yeah. I agree. Like even to that depth and degree, I yeah, you're right. Yeah, those are definitely. I think essential. the way school is right now needs to be structured differently. Because we, they need so much more than what they're getting in their eight hours. Yeah. And, and the things that they're getting in their eight hours, some of that stuff is not necessary for adult life. I mm. think that's just my opinion. Yeah, we agree. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have a quick answer, Terry? Or did you no, kind of get uh, yeah. you just Yeah, I agree. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Financial literacy to the depths, to the T. Which is a great segue into today's conversation because our special guest today is going to share all about the importance of financial literacy and applying financial concepts as it relates to teaching um, your children. Um, She has authored several books and um, she's going to just share all about her story and how we can incorporate a lot of these practices with our own children or those that, you know, loved ones around us that should hear this information as well. It's not just, I would say, it's not just for the kids, it's for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I have my notepad and pen ready because I'm ready to take notes. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm serious. No, you know, this is a class. I am ready. We are here to learn. I'm here to learn. So I'm going to turn over to you, Tyrion, and let you give our first question out. All righty, Rachel. All right. First question. So it's just a simple one. What is your origin story? Let our listeners, can you let our listeners know who Rachel Solomon is? Oh, wow. Rachel Solomon is a um, country girl that moved to the city when she was a teenager. And then I, you know, had I went to a college, graduated, got a great job, made a, a lot of money for myself. When I say a lot of money, it was more than I had ever made or more than I think my parents may have made when they were my age. And I got all these bills. I got a house, brand new house. Of course, you know, you're in your 20s and you have a great job. You need a house, right? Everybody mm-hmm. tells you you need a house. So I bought a house. I had a Ton, 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 ton of student loans, student loan debt, um, cars. I didn't really have much credit cards. But long story short, I got myself into a ton of debt to the tune of about $400,000. And like I said, some of that was a house and some of that was college um, loans. But then some of it was just regular stuff, hmm. medical bill, cars, um you know, nothing fancy, just regular stuff I need to live. And then I lost my good job making all that good money because it was around 2007, 2008 when everybody was losing their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in the tech company. I was, I was a tech person. Hmm. So, you know, that that's one of the first things to go when you in that kind of environment, because tech people aren't, like we're not needed we're not like doctors and stuff you know where you it's like life or death yeah so I lost my job and then I got another 
decent job. Not great, just decent, just enough. You know, I was like, well, I got to keep paying these bills. And so I got a decent job that wasn't as much as the first one, but it was it was enough to pay the bills. And I got pregnant with my first son. And my doctors was like, hey, lady, um, so you have to pick. You have to pick this job where you work 50 to 70 hours and you're stressed out all the time or you can keep your baby. Wow. So I found out I was high risk pregnancy. And so I, that pretty much meant I couldn't work because the kind of work I did was very stressful mm. and I did not want to lose my little baby. So I picked my baby and that meant I was without a job again. And this time I could not go back to work. There was, you know, I couldn't go back to work until I had the baby and at that point, I was only four months pregnant, so everybody can do their their math. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a while before I could go back to or you know a job. I I was instantly like homeless because rented out the house. When I lost the first job, I didn't have enough money to pay the mortgage, so I rented out the house. And so when I got the second job, I was like, okay, well I can you know I can live in an apartment or whatever. And what I ended up doing was renting an apartment, a basement apartment down the street from my job because I was a manager and I would get a lot of late night calls and it was just easier to live close to my work. So I could just wake up and go to work in in the middle of the night if I needed to. So I rented a basement apartment and it was one of those month to month situations where, you know, I had considered signing a lease, but it just didn't seem necessary at that moment. And I'm glad I didn't because when I left the lady, she was really nice and, and I was, I had been a really good tenant, mm-hmm. but I couldn't afford it no more. And it wasn't one of those things where, well, I'm in this year lease and now, you know, I might get sued or my credit might get messed up or anything. I don't know. God was just looking out for me. He just knew what I needed. Yeah. And so I was able to leave, but then now I don't have anywhere to stay. You know, I can't kick these people out of my house, even though yeah. I'm still paying a mortgage. Yeah. And then I can't live on this in this lady's basement anymore, and I'm pregnant. What what am I supposed to do? So I just house surfed. I pay by then I had paid my car off, and so I owned the house. I mean my car. I owned my car, and I just kind of surfed around. So I would drive and visit family and sleep on their couches and stuff. And you know nobody gave me grief. Because one, I'm like super, anybody that knows me knows I've been working since I was 14, 15. As soon as it became legal to work for me, I started working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So everybody knows that I'm a hard worker. Yeah. I never try to take any situation for granted. You know, if I'm on your couch, I'm like offering you $20 cause that might be all I have, mm. but I'm not just going to sleep on your couch. And then, you know, most family members, are like, no, 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 you're pregnant. We're so happy to see you. Haven't seen you. You work so hard, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up surfing on couches for pretty much my whole pregnancy. I finally landed on my mom's couch about probably a month before I had the baby. And that was because she was being real persistent. She was like, you're going to not, you're not having that baby anywhere but here. You're coming to my house, you know, that kind of thing. So that was good and I felt loved you just when you're prideful and this is a problem prideful Mm -hmm. is bad when you're prideful and you're used to fending for yourself having other people tell you that it's okay to stay with them 
doesn't make you feel like it's okay to stay with them. It's almost like I needed that. God was like, I need you to be humble. I need you not to be so prideful. So it was kind of like I got knocked down so that I could be lifted up later. Yeah. And when I was lifted up later, I felt the difference. Like I knew it wasn't me doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's my origin story. And then I know people are like, uh, okay, so how did you get into finance from that? (laughs) (laughs) So that $400,000 and dad and me surfing on my mom's couch. Once my son got like three months, I got off my mom's couch, got my own apartment. I started working part time, but I still wasn't making a lot of money and I still had a ton of debt. And so when my son turned nine months, I got a call from a debt collector that was so bad. It made me cry. Like, Mm. he was just so rude and disrespectful. And he was honestly just saying things that that was, like, totally against the law. And, Mm. like, you know, we're going to come after you and you're a horrible mom because you're not. You have all this debt and you're leaving your kid. This is the kind of examples you're setting for your family. You know, that kind of stuff that doesn't have nothing to do with the money. Like, sir, this is none of your business. If you want some money, ask for the money, but leave a family out of this. I'm surprised he would have he wouldn't even made it on the phone long enough to stay to say all of that. (laughs) And that is one of the things, that is one of the techniques that I teach women. Hang up. Like, don't, don't sit there and take that abuse. Don't let them get you in your feelings because money is the emotional game. So if they can get you in your feelings, then they can make you pay. They, mm-hmm. Not only can they make you pay, they can make you pay more and they can make you pay faster mm-hmm. when you're in your feelings. So that's one of the first things I teach women now and um, is to hang up, just hang up. So that's what I did. I hung up the phone, but by then it was too late. I was already devastated. And so um, my son was, you know, nine months. He was oblivious to this whole situation, obviously. He's on the couch playing. And I just made a promise that, I would teach him better. I I would teach him how to manage his money and that he would never know the emotions that I felt. Mm. And that day I started writing children's books because I went to the store to buy one and I couldn't find one. So I just wrote one. Believe me, that does, that's not as easy as it sounds. Mm. (laughs) It took a lot of work, but I also did a lot of work on my personal finances. So I went from $400,000 to debt into $40,000 of debt in four years. And that, that was an uphill battle. And when I say that, I always make this disclaimer. I only paid in, paid off in cash around $95,000 in those four years. The rest of it was learning negotiation skills, selling Mm -hmm. stuff finding programs that I qualified for because people always ask how did you do that so that's how I that's how I did it yes and first of all that's just a miraculous story from how you went from that and even how you were enduring a lot of this during you know pregnancy. your pregnancy yeah. just shows your tenacity and that um, in life but I want to kind of touch a little bit more about um, so you shared actually a little bit about your financial story. I'm not sure if you mentioned, and if you did, please forgive me if I missed it, but were you introduced to financial literacy and those concepts um, as a child? And if so, or if not, how did that have an effect on your relationship with money um, as an adult? I Honestly, I 
didn't. I wasn't. All I knew as a child is we really didn't have enough. And then now as I'm older, I realize we were like lower middle class. So we were middle class. So we had just enough to, let's say, have a roof over our head, have cars. You know what I mean? But we didn't have enough to go on a vacation every year or some of that other stuff you might add to money or say you got because of money. But no one actually taught me. No one sat me down and had conversations with me about it. Not even in in like opportunities presented to them naturally by life. And that's what I say. That's how the, the best way to teach your kids about money is in natural opportunities. So if you're at the grocery store, that's a good time to teach them about if you're a couponer, teach them about couponing. If not, teach them how much a gallon of milk costs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a natural thing. You're not going out of your way and doing something extra. But no one ever taught me any of that. And so I think that had a big effect on me when I got older because you know how people say in your lifetime you'll make a million dollars is how much of it you hold. Mm-hmm. I know in my lifetime I've made way more than a million dollars but I didn't know that I needed to hold any of it mm. does that make sense yes, yeah it does. Oh, absolutely I just felt like if someone had told me when I was a teenager as you work hold some of your money mm. I think I would have been better off so when you got to the point where you were faced with the debt and you were going through and navigating through that what uh, what learnings did you take on to help you move from a space of accumulated debt and now you're working toward knocking it out. So what type of learnings did you learn in your journey and practices that you instilled to get over that hump? Well, it's funny because I think once I was like 18, money had already kind of became a hobby. So for me, it was different because I knew, I eventually knew what to do. I just didn't know how to start. Like, I'll give you an example. When I was in college, my uncle told me, get a 401k. Mm -hmm. He never explained to me what a 401k was. Uh, You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you tell somebody, go to the store and get some juice. And then they're like, they're at the store and there's like, there's like 8,000 juices. Yeah. If I can. Yeah. What if I grab the wrong one? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So. So there is like little bits of pieces. Like my sister told me when I was 18, I called her because she's like eight years older than me. She's like totally my role model. And so I called her and I was like, I'm about to go to college. You know, I don't know anything about money. Can you teach me something? And she didn't know anything. And all she said was, don't get student loans. They'll ruin your life. Mm. So I didn't get student loans until my junior year of college. And I only got them. I didn't even need them because I had a scholarship. I only got them because at the college, there was a person in the office. And I was like, all these kids are getting refunds or whatever. And it was like, well, you qualify for a loan. If you want to get a loan, I was like, what is a loan? And, you know, I was like, what is this? What am am I qualifying for? What am I signing up for? And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay it back till six months after you graduate. So to, you know, a 17, 18, 19, 20 year old, that sounds like forever. Like, oh, yay. I don't have to pay this back until when? And then I'm going to have small payments. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you get out of college and you're like, oh my God, what did I do? I ruined my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was just like little nuggets. So some ways there were things that saved me, like my sister telling me not to. And then I didn't get it until I was a junior. So that helped. My uncle telling me to get a 401k. So that helped because when I first lost, when I lost the first job, I did get the 401k. So I had a little bit of savings, a buffer. When I quit the second job, I did have a 401k. So I had a little buffer. So that's kind of what I was living off of. And it wasn't a lot because no, like I said, I didn't know how much I should have been saving. I should have been, um, you know, when you have a job and you're making 50 to 70,000 a year and you don't have any kids, you should be saving like 30 or 40%, (laughs) not, not 6% because that's what your job matches. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like little things like that. Just little nuggets little nuggets be consistent pay yourself first all the stuff we hate to hear Um, (laughs) like pay yourself first what does that mean that means every time you get it every time you pay god 10 percent, you pay you 10 percent too and then god don't even get jealous when you pay him 10 percent and you pay you 20 percent yeah 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 you know and i tell i tell like older people every year Give yourself a 1% raise. See, people don't tell you that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you stay at 10% forever. And then you're like, well, I thought I had more than this saved. No, every year, give yourself a 1% raise. Little stuff like that can change the way you save. Wow. Well, it seems like even in the midst of like just making your way through life and make transitioning into adulthood, you know, you had people that were kind of giving you nuggets, your sister and your uncle. Um, but how how does your story now play into your mission of teaching children money concepts? Right. We know you had going, being in four hundred thousand dollars in the debt and then making your way out of that and, and going through hardships during pregnancy and, and losing your job and all those things and, and and making the commitment to yourself and to your child in the moment that you weren't going to allow you, you wouldn't allow him to, to experience those same hardships. But w- what was a turning point to say, hey, I think I want to like transition this not only just for my child, but, you know, what I mean, offer this to other people and their children as well. That part was an accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I stumbled into that part. The first part, making the decision was easy. You know, I don't want this to be my kids. I don't want this to be my family. I'm changing my legacy, all that good stuff people yeah. say. Yeah. But but the actual turning it into a business and learning how to become an entrepreneur and realizing that I wasn't just an author, I wasn't, I was a brain. All of that came way later. So the first book I wrote, I wrote 18 books in three months, but I've only published out of those original 18, I've still only published four of those books. And, um, I've written like two after that I've already published because one was for parents, but I don't know. It was like, I felt after I started doing it with my kids and my uncle, actually a different uncle, he heard me reading a book to my son and he was like, where's that? 
where'd you get that from? That's great. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh no, I just wrote it. It's just a story I tell. And he was like, you, you need to be telling that to other kids and other families, other parents can, you know, benefit from this. He's like, you've created a tool that everybody needs and you don't know it. I didn't believe him. I mean, I believed him, but you know, family, you know how family is. Mm-hmm. They make you feel good and they give you love. So I actually asked some random people that I didn't really know that well, you know, just questions. When did they learn about money? You know, how old were they? Did their parents teach them? Yeah. If they said yes, then, you know, do they feel like God helped them as an adult? And I got, I got so many people that said they didn't get taught anything and they wish they had. Mm. And it was kind of like, wow, okay, this is something and this is needed. And I feel like I have a tool that can help. And, you know, at that point, I didn't have like a vision for my business. I didn't have a business. I just had a passion for something that I felt like people needed. I have a follow-up question. Did When you were polling people, basically just kind of asking, you know, had had they been taught about money growing up, did you see a disparity in, in race or Actually, was it kind I, of a, even across the board? No, no, I did. I did. Um, there is a disparity in race and there was a disparity in women and men. Mm. Um, Race-wise... Obviously, people of color had less because it it was always when you ask why, because I always have follow up questions. So when I would say, why do you think that was? They would either say, I don't think they knew how. Mm-hmm. I don't think they knew that they should. Or it was just not allowed. Like, it was just a topic of frustration. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I guess they didn't have it. And so they didn't know how to tell you how to get it. Yeah. So that was one. And then the women and men part, I feel like more men learned it from from their fathers and or counterparts. Yeah. Like like other other guys they hung out with, maybe high school, college, whatever. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily learn it from home, but they learned it sooner than women. That makes sense for sure. I was just curious if there was just a disparity. I kind of figured, but I didn't know like what you probably saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There definitely there definitely was. I, I actually did research later. Um I did another poll once this had become like my thing. Mm-hmm. I um found that uh, people of color, mostly women though, they don't learn about money until they're in their 20s and then their 30s. And most times it's because they're in a situation where they have to start managing finances for their family. Mm. And so then they decide, make an active decision to get their acts together, whatever that means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so no matter if it's a single household or if it's a dual income household, if for some reason the men still give the money to the women in most cases to pay the bills. So that kind of forces women to have to learn quickly mm-hmm. how to um, maneuver and negotiate and organize, which some of those, I think some of those things come naturally to women like organizing and, you know, we're good at making phone calls or whatever, but 
some of that is like, okay, so telling him how much he's allowed to spend and stuff, women don't always feel comfortable with that because that's on that borderline of negotiations. Mm. And that's something that women don't necessarily do. Uh, Well, I'm not going to say we don't do. We do it now, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we're where we could or should be. That's why I think one of the reasons why the gap is so big in wages. And I know that has nothing to do with this, but it kind of does because the more money you make, then the more money you have to spend and the more money you have to manage. Yeah. um, I'm a big advocate in asking for five more. Mm. Five more means whatever they offer me, ask for at least 5,000 more minimum. Okay. And then sometimes I go to 10,000 more, but um, that's a good tip for women in negotiating. If you all know what to ask for, ask for five more. Got it. Ask for five. Ask for five. Double it. Double it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Yes. Rachelle, what would you say for children when applying financial concepts, what would be the first step that you should take when you're introducing these concepts to your children? First step would be just to start. A lot of people don't realize that money is no longer an adult conversation. That is a kid conversation because today what your kids want and need, depending on their age, is directly affecting your finances. And they need to know that yeah. and not in a negative way. Um, I would say one would be to start. Two would be to find positive language to communicate with them. Because if all they ever hear is we don't have, we don't got, mm-hmm. that's too much, mm-hmm. you know, then in their mind, you're, you're teaching them a mentality of lack. And there is no lack of money. I'm just going to be honest. Money is in a cycle, it's in a circle, and it goes and it comes and it goes and it comes. Now, managing your money might mean it goes faster than it should or it comes slower than it could. But don't teach your kids a mentality of lack because Mm -hmm. by doing that, you're crippling their opportunities because your kid might be the next Mr. or Mrs. Big Name. You know what I mean? But if in their minds they don't believe that that's possible, then you're limiting them and their future. So I would say trying, you know, even when you're having conversations with them, even a no can be a positive no. Mm-hmm. You know, not maybe not right now, but maybe later. Yeah. That's that's a good way to say no yeah. to right now. Mm-hmm. Or what I get, I tell my kids, I give them choices. Like I'll give you an example. We just went on a cruise and we went, to Orlando, Florida, to some theme parks and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we would be in the store and they'd be like, Mama, can I have this $5 box of cereal? And I'd be like, you want this $5 box of cereal right now? Or do you want to be able to go, you know, yes. do you want to be able to eat when we get to this theme park? You you choose, you tell me. They'd be like, oh, no, no, I'm going to save my money because we're yes. going to the theme park. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So... I didn't even have to say no. I just gave my kids choices, um, choices on reality, things I knew we were already going to do. I wasn't making up nothing out of, you know, thin air or whatever. Yeah, we do. Our, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, you're good. We, we do the same thing with our girls. A lot of times, you know, you go, we're going to the store or something like that. And it's like, a lot of times we're like, hey, we're going to the store. If you want to get something, you know, grab 
grab your purse, you got a little change, a couple of dollars or something like that. And they may grab it or they may not. But if it's like, we just randomly stop at the store and they're like, Ooh, can we get such and such? It's like, um, we can get it. But when we get back, you're going to have to pay us back. And they're like, Oh, never mind. Yes. Like, go away. I want to oh, save yeah. my money. Like, I don't want to spend my money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I think it's so <laughs> funny. But yeah, it's like, yeah, no, you know what? I'll just. I'll save, I'll save my anymore. cash. Yes. And it's so fun. So the other day, my um, youngest daughter went um, to a trampoline park with her friends. And we I, we don't really keep a lot of cash. They keep cash, but we don't keep a lot yes. of cash on us. And so uh, we borrowed some cash from them, from her and, yes. her and Zoe to, to send the money. And Zoe was like, you're going to pay me back, right? And we were, I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. Anyway, like a couple of days later. I was like, uh, Zoe said you owe her $20. I was like, oh, excuse me. Zoe was like, well, you did borrow $20 from me. Like, where's my money? It's like, oh my goodness. These kids are not going to let this $20 go. (laughs) I love it. That is amazing. That's seeing you're on the right track. Yeah. Which you, which you don't realize that you're doing that a lot of parents are not doing is you're teaching them using real life opportunities. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. We actually do something similar to that, but <laughs> this may be a little funny. But if me and my husband, if we do something for the girls, so for instance, if they may say, like, hey, can you open up my candy or whatever, um, we'll open it and we'll take a p- couple pieces out and be like, taxes. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. what? Why do you. I- that's good. Why do you take? I was like, yeah. well, in the real world, this is how it works. You don't get everything, you know, if you're working, <laughs> you got to get some of that, take it out. That's and right. so we're teaching you early. And so it's funny now that every time, like, we may ask them to do something for us, like, hey, can you fix me some juice? And they'll fix it. And they'll take a few sips, like, taxes. Here oh, you go. <laughs> oh, they're playing the game. Yes. They are playing oh, the God, game. I love it. I love it. That's oh, awesome. wow. I'm starting doing that to people. Texas. <laughs> Man. Um, but, you know, it's a little game that we play in the house. But, yeah, they, they've caught on to it. And when they do a test, we're like, you know what? Yeah, um, I don't know if I should be proud or, like. <laughs> as, as Autumn says, using your own words against you. Right. <laughs> right. Rachel, you touched on something when you were talking about, you know, having a conversation and being, you know, conscious and intentional about the things that you say around your children because they can easily imitate what they see or what they what they see others doing. In particular, how do you have a conversation with loved ones who don't view or value money the same way that you do, especially when it comes to children because they can imitate what they see? So when you say loved ones, you mean spouses are like your in general like extended family cousins because you know sometimes Uh like you know they're they play a big part in our children's lives too so if they go and visit them and you know they're seeing different things like how do you have that conversation honestly i'm going to say you don't Mm. what you do do is you instill it strongly into your kids where your kids becomes an example for them Mm-hmm. Your kids become an example for the adults and how, how you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, oh, that's good. A good. Yeah. That's good. I, I would have never no thought control. that. So I'm like, you cannot control other people's households that's and that's in any aspect. So you just have to control 
how you're teaching your kids, what you're teaching your kids, because think about it like this. If if you don't cuss in your house, if you don't use any cuss words in your house mm-hmm. and then they go over to a cousin's house or auntie's house or uncle's house or whoever, and all they do is cuss like sailors over there, your kids know that that is just not allowed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they know that that is not something that they can get away with. So they're not even going to try. Mm. And and so that's the thing about teaching kids. They're so resilient and they're so smart that they'll catch it. And if it's constantly a conversation in your household, then then you don't, you know, you won't have to worry about the influence that other people have on your kids because your kids will know like right from wrong. Like, you know, when your kids become older and they're teenagers, you know that they're not going to do drugs because you taught them, you know, that drugs is not good for you. It hurts your body. It, you know what I mean? It affects your mind or whatever you're teaching. These are just examples. You have to think of money in the same kind of light as that. Like, what you teach your kids in your house will help them in their future. I'll give you an example. When my kids were three, uh, they went to stay with my sister for like a week and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And after they had been gone for like three days, two and a half days, three days, my sister called me and she was like, what are you teaching these kids? And mm-hmm. I was like, why? She was like, they just keep going around and picking up change and saying money goes in the bank. She had like a little mason jar or cup, a mug or something that they could put the money in. She's like, they've been walking around my house for the last two, three days, picking up change and sticking it in this, dr- in this jar. And I was like, because I teach my kids money goes in the bank. Yeah. I was like, she busted out loud. She thought it was so funny because at that time, I teach kids I teach young kids. I start teaching kids at like one about money, but I use phrases. So as soon as your kid can talk, you can start teaching them about money. So what I used to do is when my kids were younger, when they were like one and two and stuff, we would do scavenger hunts and they would walk around the house and get the money and put it in their piggy bank. And so then as they got older and they were like four, they went to the bank for the first time, the real bank. And then now you go to the bank like once a year. So during the year, they put their money in a piggy bank. Mm-hmm. And then every, once a year, we go to the regular bank and they make a deposit. And then every once in a random blue moon, I let them make a withdrawal so they can understand they can't take their money out too. Yeah. But yeah. They went to my sister's house. My sister has four kids that are older. So it's her, her husband, and her four kids. And they had everybody in that house picking up money and putting it in the piggy bank. Wow. I mean, in the, in the <laughs> mason jar. And they were three and they influenced the whole house like that. Wow. So, so like whatever you're instilling in your kids, regardless of the subject, you know, money is just my thing. Mm-hmm. It reflects. Like I'll give you an ex- another example that doesn't have anything to do with money. In my household, we don't cuss. So mm-hmm. that example I used was a real one. Mm-hmm. But at my brother's house, his fiance cussed like a sailor. Mm-hmm. So when my kids, when my kids go over there, I don't worry about them cussing because they correct her. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. They correct, they correct her. They're like, 
excuse me, but we're kids. And those are bad. And those are bad words. And you don't use those around us, please. And she doesn't. She just doesn't. She's like, okay. I get it. I know your mom. I get it. (laughs) She's been around for six years, so she knows, you know, like our household. So she's like, okay, I get it. So your kids will go in and be the light. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that is so awesome. Number one, thank you for clearing up just the idea that we don't have to talk, have a conversation with our family members about money. No, no, you don't. Because you spoke of a real factual truth. You know, like we can't control what happens in other people's homes, family or not. We can only control what's going on in our household. And if we are positively influencing our children and the things that are happening in our four walls, that we are making an impact and that that's going to bleed over into every aspect of our lives and our children's lives and hopefully making a positive impact on our families as well. Right. So I th- you know what happens, right? When, yeah. when they get older, the family members come to them like, wow. Then the younger ones from that family ask them questions. Yeah. Can you, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, mom or dad or whoever didn't teach me. Yeah. I love that. The um, I'm sorry. The other thing I I love that you said too is when it comes to taking the first step and like, okay, how do you go about you know having conversations with your children about money? And and you said simply just start. And I even love the fact that you started with your kids. They were one, right? And something as simple as hey. Let's do a little scavenger hunt, find find the money mm-hmm. and put it in the piggy bank. I think that's brilliant, genius and simple all at <laughs> one time. So I love that. I love that. My follow up. I don't even know if that's necessarily a follow up question, but I'll, I'll a little segue, I should say, is what is one specific principle that you that we should all teach our children? Absolutely teach our children. And then a a follow-up to that would be, you named one activity, but are there any other activities that you would recommend in helping apply these concepts for different age ranges and things of that nature? Um, one activity concept, one money concept would be to save. I mean, everybody says to do it. Nobody actually does it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And so teach them young you know even with the kids scavenger hunt or teaching them old when they're in high school and forcing them to do it because I know there's a lot of kids out there when they get to that age they don't listen to us anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but you can still be like save you don't understand save and then when they're like 25 they're gonna be like oh my god mom thank you for telling me to save Mm -hmm. oh my god dad thank you for telling me to save yeah you know oh my god grandma if I hadn't saved that, you know, little $50 a month, I would not have been able to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whatever it is. And that's the thing. People think that saving is, you know, a whole bunch of money all at once. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's saving a little bit of money over a lot of time. Yeah. I started my kids' college fund when they was one. Yeah. So, and I only started it with $50 a month. Mm-hmm. But... If I didn't add nothing else and I only did $50 a month, they would have like $100,000 when they were ready to go to college. Yeah. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be, you know, what people think. It, it can be small and just go at your own pace. But 
that's one of those things that's so important and you don't realize it until you get older. That's yes. good. I was going to say on that, kind of like for me, because when it come, you mentioned savings, that was one thing that I did pick up early as a kid was like saving was like the thing. Like I would just save to the detriment of me. And sometimes you, you can learn what to do by not being shown what to do. Mm. So I didn't see a lot of people saving around me, like just to that point. So the minute I got a job, even before I got a job, like I know I was getting an allowance. I remember getting my first bank account. I can't remember what birthday it was, maybe 12, 13, something like that. And I remember every time I would get an allowance, I would I always ask my mom every Friday, like, can you take me to the bank so I can put and I can so I can put my money in the bank? <laughs> um and I would even be apprehensive that like I would probably take maybe like ten or twenty dollars to save for myself, but even then I would hide it from myself. So I would hide it, like hide it, hide it. And I was like to the point I didn't even know where I was hiding money. I would wow. just be cleaning and finding money just everywhere because I was just so I was just so like far scale of like I had to, to keep save. everything yeah. that I have in yeah. order to have something later. Mm. Um, to the point that I think it somewhat crippled me a little bit. So, um, yes. and then. As I got older and, of course, college hit me and, you know, same way, student loans, and, you know, those those people um, giving away T-shirts, <laughs> credit cards. Right. Um, credit cards. Yes. Those things started to surround me and yeah. I I kind of loosened the reins on some of those pr- principles that I was thinking I was instilling in myself as an early age, as far as it relates to saving. And I don't know, I, I guess I never at that time found a true balance because here I was early in the early ages, just saving everything and just, you know, hiding money from myself, like scared to even spend money. (laughs) And then as I'm getting older and navigating like the early, you know, your early adult years, 20 years or so, you're you're still trying to figure out life and I'm spending more money than what I'm saving. So can you talk about, you know, the balance and like, you know, saving is definitely the goal and great, but when can sometimes saving can be a detriment to you? You still have to have that money working for you as well. Yes, um, I agree. There is so at a young age, so kids, listen, they're fifteen or younger. Yes, should be learning how to save. Yeah, but like I told you guys, I do take my kids to the bank every once in a while and let them do a withdrawal mm-hmm. because. I need them to understand that there is a balance to this. Mm-hmm. It's not just about saving to the point where you never spend any money. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, lucky in that aspect where I have a saver and I'm a spender. Mm. So I f- have to feed them. I'm constantly balancing their energy against each other in order to keep them balanced. But as someone who might only have one kid or who, you know, you might be learning this for yourself, set a number. When it comes to saving, it's about numbers and percentages. Mm-hmm. Set a number that's reasonable for you. So I mentioned 10% earlier. If 10% is not reasonable for you, you can do 5%. Do 5%. Do 5% for a year or two. And then every year after that, have a goal to increase it by 1%. Mm-hmm. If you can do 15% to start, do 15. And then after a year or two, increase it by 1% every year. The goal is to be able to save around 30 or 40% of your total income that you bring into your household so that you can retire with dignity and respect. Okay. But that is not to say 
that you shouldn't be able to eat or put gas in your car. Mm -hmm. And then I think that every parent with a child that is 16, 17, 18, or about to leave your house needs to have three discussions every year from 16, 17, and 18 until that child is out of your house. You need to have an in-depth financial discussion. In depth, like this is how much an apartment costs. This is how much the car costs. This is what insurance is. This is what a copay is. This is what, you know, a co-signer is. This is what credit is. This is what debit looks like. This is the difference between debit cards and credit cards. Like you need to tell them that the decisions that they're going to make at 18 or in college is could affect most of all of their 20s and most of all of their 30s. Yes. And if they don't get their act together, it could affect the rest mm-hmm. of their life. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That, that conversation needs to be, the, the rest of, from 15 down, it just needs to be random, random two to 10 minute clips. Hey, babe, you know, um, you know what rent is? Rent is when mommy goes and pays, you know, the people because they own where we live. You know, in mortgages, a mortgage is where mommy pays the bank and then one day she'll pay the bank all the money and then we'll own the house and we won't have to pay that no more. Yeah. Oh, you know what taxes is? We pay taxes because, you know, that's how um, the government, you know, pays the president, well, I don't want to say him. That's how, that's how, that's how the government pays to your teacher or to fix the roads. Yeah. Or, you know, the mayor, you know, and so are the policemen, you know, and so from 15, from one to 15 years old, it just needs to be bite-sized clips yeah. of real life uh, um, things that's happening. We're that's at the good. grocery store. Yeah. Hey, babe, this is a coupon. You see that 15 cents? That means we're going to say 15 cents on this milk. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. What does that mean? That means that's 15 more cents that we get to keep. What are we going to do with this 15 cents? Do you want to put it in your piggy bank? Yes, let's put it in your piggy bank. That sounds great. Take 15 cents, put it in their piggy bank. These are bite-sized, two-minute, one-minute, ten-minute conversations you have with your kids. So money is a topic in your house from age one to age 15. Age 16, you say, hey, babe, this is a budget. What does a budget mean? You write down all your bills. You put down how much money you made. And then you figure out, you know, if you got enough left over, you don't got enough left over. You know, maybe mommy need to work some overtime this month or sell a couple more books or whatever. But you have that conversation with your kids. You you are preaching to us Mm -hmm. this morning. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of which, (laughs) I know that you've authored several books Mm -hmm. at this point. If you could share a little bit about some of the books that you've authored, but also I wanted to know, were some of these books created out of your own personal teachings to your children? Yes, the first one actually was. Um, the first one was 
actually the the main character's name is Nathan and that's my son's name and there's a lot of like mirroring um that first book so there was a lot of like the names were similar some of the situations were similar but it's just about a spoiled little boy named Nathan which at the time my son was very spoiled (laughs) and whatever he couldn't get from me or his parent in the book he would ask his grandparents for just which is still true and eventually they cut him off and so then he has to learn how to work to get the things that he wants that first book was called shop 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 and that was like the introduction to the rest of the book so every book has its own character and its own theme all the books are just one one story okay and that one story has one money lesson and you can read them all separate you can read them together and you just build on it and it's I guess that would be like for kids like 10 and unders because they have pictures in them. So older kids, they can still learn the lessons. So I I always tell parents, let your older kids read it to your younger kids Mm -hmm. because the older kids get the lessons, but they're embarrassed to say they read a picture book. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But if they're reading it to their sibling, they're getting the lessons, but they can justify the reason why they're reading it. So (laughs) it works out good. Some adults probably... Probably need to be reading the books too. I'm just saying. Right, I'm right. I like, the, you know, like, I, like, I like a good illustration. And that's what I'm reading. <laughs> it is definitely that. There's definitely some some beautiful illustrations to say the least. But yeah, um, all my books are on Amazon, but you can also get them at my website at mylittlebanker.com. Um, I am getting a facelift on my website, but okay. it, it should not affect anything at all. Okay. All right. What are a few topics, if you don't mind throwing, that you discuss in some of the books? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, um, my little, you know, the shop, shop, shop is just about working, you know, for the first time, earning money. And then Gail Self Giving is about giving. And then um, Tim's Red Ruby is about saving like just saving the money that you get so that you can purchase something on your own. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just what Alex, just what Alex needs is my book. It's kind of about being content, but not really just being content. It's more about realizing the gifts that you already have mm-hmm. and appreciating the people around you that love you. Mm-hmm. So that's the newest one. And it, it should be out in like a week. Oh, oh, so exciting. Yes, yes. Okay, I got to get some art for this book. It's time to read up on the book. I might need to have a side conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the 25. The tw- I always forget the 25 because it's not a children's book. It's um a parenting guide teaching your kids about money. So it's 25. Actually, it's 26 because I give a bonus strategy. So there's all these yeah. different strategies, things you can do to teach your kids about money. Okay. Did you say you're on your 26th book? This is 26. She has 26 uh, strategies. strategies. I was like, yeah, I really need to have a side conversation with you, (laughs) Raisha. I'm just starting number one. Um, But no, no, that is wonderful. And I'm excited to get a few for myself and my my two young ones. I'm going to apply that strategy, have my Otis read it to her there you and, go. T- and um, I want to hear them interact and her teaching what she's reading too. So yeah. yes, that's a good well, read comprehension. Good yes, what yes. now? Tell, tell, tell yes. me, tell me the five W's. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what, why? 
Uh, on the back of each book is five questions. Perfect. To help with that, to help with that comprehension part. Yeah. So I love it. There's no excuse, you guys, to not be able to teach your kids some financial principles. She has it all outlined for you. She's having conversations. Yes, yes, yes. And you can work on your comprehension skills. All at once. I love it. I love it. Did you have something else you were going to say, Yana? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Rachel, final question before we go into our closing question. So we know that, you know, you're a single mom, entrepreneur, and you've got got two two young boys, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, being a mom by itself is is full time. It's work. It's work, 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 work. (laughs) <laughs> as Rihanna would say, we waiting on the album, Rihanna. Uh, let me stop. Anyway, just curious, what does self care look like for you? Because that's a, it, that's essential, um, and you you work very very hard. So, just curious, how do you relax, relate, release when it comes to your own personal time and being intentional about self care? So for me, we'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I actually um, self care. I get my hair done once a month, not to look cute, just to feel pretty. Mm. And so for me, that helps me with my self-care. Um, another thing, I get a massage like once every six months. Yeah. And I know people are like, all right, that's a long time. But, that's more than you know, I, I respect my budget. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, I think the thing I love to do the most, though, is travel. So even if I go to a conference, like if I'm speaking at some a conference or something, I always go a day before and I leave a day after because that gives me a day to do nothing and just relax. So sometimes I might be going to see the city I'm staying in or I'm speaking in or whatever, or sometimes I might be literally doing nothing, laying in the bed with the remote control eating takeout you know what I mean so I have to find a balance in my crazy hectic schedule and so I just do little things every once in a while or every once in a blue moon I'll go to a movie by myself people think I'm so crazy for that but like right now in the middle of the day the kids are at school you know what I mean and I have some free time I just go to a movie and relax okay Nice. You you have a couple of different ways that you, you do some self-care. I love that. I love that. Um, I have yet to make it to a movie by myself. Really? Yes, I have never done that. Is oh, that, my God, you should. Is that a common thing that yes. people do? Yes. You have to at least do a movie by and for And Rachel, I don't know if you know, but Tarion is like the ultimate movie buff. So yeah. that is actually even more shocking to me that she's never just like creeped into a theater by herself and just had yes, a That could have been my answer from yesterday. It could have. But yes. That was the one common thing that everybody's <laughs> done that I've never done. I've never gone to a movie by myself. Oh my God, you should. It's so relaxing. Yeah. You don't have to worry about nobody yeah. talking or stepping around you. or You just go pick something you want to see. It doesn't yeah. matter. You don't have to agree on the movie. You know what I mean? I yes. usually go with go to see stuff I know my kids are not going to want to see and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And it's always good to go like in a day when it, when it, when when you have a good open theater. You yeah. can just like relax. Well, at least for me. But. 2020, it's happening, okay? Yeah. I'm going to come back and let y'all know <laughs> when, I, when I do this. I'm doing that this year. Okay. Go ahead, Yama. 
No, but that's good. Mm-hmm. I like what you said and, and that you do allow that time for yourself. And, you know, you, you, you can respect your budget mm-hmm. while still taking care of your body. That's right. So, that's uh-huh. right. <laughs> that's right. That's good. Yeah. Respect your budget. If y'all didn't hear anything else today. <laughs> while still taking care of your body. <laughs> And everybody else. <laughs> and everybody else. <laughs> no, so as we wrap today, um, I want to ask this one question. Um, you know, we're in the beginning of 2020 and everyone is kind of getting on the train of like establishing what their power word is for them in the year and kind of how that's kind of, you know, leading um, their lives at the moment. So what would you say was your power word for 2020 and why? Consistency. Oh, consistency. Yeah. Why Consistency. consistency? That is my power word because that was that has been my weakness in the past. Being consistent because life has a tendency to knock you down sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes consistency to get back up and rule the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. That's, yes, that's good. We that's all need a little bit of that in our lives. More. So I think we all can more than yes. Just a little bit. Need a whole lot of consistency. Yes. <laughs> That's good. I love that. Okay. So um, do you have any new projects in store for 2020? Another book? I know you said you're releasing a new a new one, a new, excuse me, I can't get my words out. You're releasing a new book um, to the series, correct? Yes. Okay. Do you plan on yeah. adding any more for in 2020? Or? Um, my goal is to add one every six months. Nice. Okay. Oh. That's a good, that's a good, yes. yeah. I like yes. that. Okay. And then, um, projects, I I actually have a kid's podcast. Well, it's me talking to kids mostly, my kids about oh, money. That's so. awesome. What's the name? It's a podcast with a K. Kids. Like Come on, podcast. <laughs> podcast kids. Yep. Love it. Do you do you, so is it just you and your sons talking or do you bring on other kid guests? I bring on other kid guests. Um it's me and my sons talking. Sometimes it's just me, but most of the time it's me and my kids talking. And then I bring in other kid guests who are like kidpreneurs, you know, yeah. entrepreneurs and stuff. And they're they're doing really well and they're successful. I like for them to share their journey. Because they're having duality, you know, they're having to be a kid still. And so how do you run a business and get respect of adults, but Mm. still be a kid? And then not, and then not work so much that you lose sight of what it means to be a kid. So I like getting, you know, getting to know them and talking to them and, and having them on the show. So. Oh, I that, that is a new project because we just started at the end of we started the last week of November. So it's only I think we only have like four episodes out or three episodes. One's coming out, I think, tomorrow. Okay. Happy so podcasting. Yes. That's so awesome. I love it. We'll be subscribing. Sure will. Podcast. You heard it here first, yes. you guys. Go hit the subscribe button. Like listen. and review. Yes, five stars. Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if it ain't five stars, she don't need it. She don't so. need it. Uh. Keep it in your pocket. Save it. <laughs> See what I did there? Save your five stars. Save, yes. save it. If you ain't going to give it to her, yes. then save it. 
<laughs> no, that's 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 awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to hear and yeah. allow my kids. That'll be a good one for the kids to hear definitely. as well. So yes, I'll definitely be tuning in there. Um, did you have any other <laughs> projects in store or um, speaking um, engagements? I know you said you speak quite a bit. Yes, uh, I'm speaking at Podfest this year oh, okay. in Orlando in March. In March. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'll be there this year. And then I have some stuff local to Charlotte. Uh, I'll be teaching at a kids event coming up in February. So, yeah, I'm taking it. I'm trying to take it slow right now because I'm a little under the weather. But I think by the end of the year, everything's going to start going really quickly. So. That is awesome. You've got a lot going on, but this is good stuff, man. This is such good stuff. We're really excited for you, and we will definitely be continually following you along this journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there's anything that on our end, how we can continue to shine light on you and all the things that you have going, you know, we are here for that. So, yes, just let us know. And you guys heard it, you know, look for that book coming out soon and all the other um Already other um, books that are in the series that are out there. Yeah. And she said those are Amazon as well as on her site. Mm-hmm. Can you give that site mm-hmm. out to everyone, Rochelle? Yeah, it's um, mylittlebanker.com. Uh, so that is mylittlebanker.com. And I would really like to give you guys a discount on my books for listening to today's episode. Okay. So. I guess I'll give them a promo code and you guys can find it in the notes. Yeah. The notes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll add that to the show notes. She, you know, she is giving she gifts. <laughs> she help you budget and save Look your money. At that. Look at this. Look at that. Come on. Help the people save <laughs> and educate them at the same time. I love it. I love it. Um, are there, is there any other way that uh, we can connect with you? Social media? Oh, yes. Everything is at My Little Banker. I try to keep it really, really simple. So uh, my social media is My Little Banker. Um, so that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, am I missing any? Snapchat? Yeah. Just look up My Little Banker yeah. on all social yeah. media. Yeah. Just Google <laughs> My Little Banker and you'll get like, you know, a ton of pages of stuff. If it don't say Rachel, then it's not her. It ain't her. And and, and no, report it to you and report it because somebody's <laughs> imitating. So <laughs> No, this has been counterfeit. As you can see, Rachel, we have had a joy today. Yes. We really enjoyed having this conversation with you and speaking with you. Thank and you. we're so excited for all that you have going on and yeah. how you're educating the children, not even just children, but the adults mm-hmm. um, in general. So glad that you have taken, you know, the steps to, you know, walk into what you, this this calling is over your life and helping other people navigate through their financial situations. Um, yes, just continue to keep doing that. And I think we're going to wrap today. Did you have any other final thoughts? No, Tarian? I think, I just think this is great what you're doing. I love with your, what, what you're doing. I can't wait to purchase some books, mm-hmm. um, purchasing a whole series. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> definitely I'm going to be keeping up with you, Rachel. I love everything that you're doing. Um, you're in Charlotte. 
I am in Charlotte. Oh, wow. I was just out there back in November for Thanksgiving. My brother-in-law lives out there. And so all the family oh, visited. Wow. And my husband is actually flying there today. Um, he His corporate office is out in Charlotte. So he's in Charlotte a ton. Um, so she, what's up, Charlotte? Everybody yeah, we Charlotte. have to make our way to Charlotte, yeah. too. That, that, that keeps coming up a lot for us. It so. does. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know when we're in the area. Definitely. would love to, like, you know, have a bite or something, catch up, yes. chat, meet you in person. It's for lunch. Yes. We love food. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> but it has to be budget friendly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for tuning in and for, again, for allowing us to amplify yet another beautiful black voice you know we always say it here that we love to share our lessons and celebrate our successes and um just continue to share and deliver um what all great things that um these phenomenal women are doing so thanks again and until next time melanate on that thank you for tuning in hope you enjoyed our chat today Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review. Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanatedconversations.com or connect with us on social media at Melanated Conversations. Till next time, keep raising your voice. voice.